Good day. Welcome to today's podcast. My name is Fernando. I am in recovery. Let us go open this meeting with a moment of silence, followed by the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Welcome to today's podcast. I pray that you are found in good spirits, that harmony is working for you, that God is listening to your prayers. Uh, I had an incredible... uh, Gratitude list sent to me today by a sponsee. Let me read it to you. I was just amazed at the wisdom and the, uh, it's called Grand Glorious Rising. All right, it says gratitude list. Refreshing air after the rain. The rain that nourishes the soil and atmosphere. Quiet reflection after prayers and meditation. The ability to get on my knees each day and act of humility that opens the door to my source provider and sovereign power operating in and through my life. Did you hear that? Men and women, the ability to get on my knees each day and act an act of humility that opens the door to my source, my provider, and sovereign power operating in and through my life. Amen. Saying yes to those who need me and no to the distractions that keep me bound. Saying yes to those who need me and no to the distractions that keep me bound. Remembering the suffering individuals in my prayers and asking God, assistance in and through their lives. Happiness 101 and striving for an A for accomplishment. Happiness 101 and striving for an A for accomplishment. And thank you everyone. The person says, your presence in my life. Thank you for reading my gratitude list for today. Isn't that awesome? All right, now let me go ahead and read uh, today's 24-hour little book for October 26th, A8 Thought for the Day. Six, I have AA meetings to go to. Thank God, where would I go without them? Where would I be without them? Where would I find the sympathy, the understanding, the fellowship, the companionship? Nowhere else in the world I have come home. I have come home. I have found the place where I belong. I no longer wander alone over the face of the earth. I am at a peace and rest. What a great gift has been given to me by AA. I do not deserve it, but it is nevertheless mine. I have a home at last. I am content. Do I thank God every day for the AA Fellowship? 
Thank you, God, for our fellowship. All in unison and all together, we thank God for our fellowship. Our next is our meditation for the day, our spiritual meditation. Here we go. Walk all the way with another person and with God. Do not go part of the way and then stop. Do not push God so far into the background that he has no effect on your life. Walk all the way with him. Make a good companion of God by praying to him often during the day. Do not let your contact with him be broken for too long a period. Work all the way with God and with other people along the path of life, wherever it may lead. Prayer for the day. I pray that I may walk in companionship with God along the way. I pray that I may keep my feet upon the path that leads upward. Amen. I'm Fernando. I, I am in recovery. And what I would do with this, I would, instead of praying, if, if it's not working for me, I would start praising God for my, when I hit my, my toes on a rock, when I fall in the ditch, as I'm walking through life, I start remembering him and thanking him that God's objective is rhythm. It's easy does it rhythm. And once I start praising him for the, for the mishaps and the problems and the objections and whatever comes up, the challenges, lack of money, help, whatever, start praising him and thanking him. Uh, then there's going to be more solutions on the way up ahead because I'm sending my faith forward. I'm sending it forward like a bazooka that when I get to that point, there's going to be guidance. There's going to be relief. There's going to be answers, folks. For me, it's not rocket science anymore. It's, it's, how, it's answers, plain and simple. This is a plain simple way we got a god that put the moon and the sun and the stars and the earth twirls around in the perfect harmony and if we thank him for our problems we'll get back we put him in the front that's that's the idea putting him in the front in the front burner by thanking god that we are you know in a situation and then and then after the problems subside we're going to be doing gratitude thank you thank you for gratitudes isn't that awesome Switch over to gratitude instead of problems. Ha! What a, con what a conceived idea. All right, we're going to shift gears right here. We're going to go to aa.org, October 26, Daily Reflection. One Ultimate Authority is the title. And this is taken from 12 and 12 Traditions, page 132. It says, for our group purpose, there's but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. I wonder how God expresses himself in a group conscience. Is God authoritative? Is he kind? Or, it's, or God is weak and, and doesn't give instructions? How is God instructing him? A lot of us have different, uh, different expressions on how God is. I like my God to be like a sergeant, to be like a, like a general, to be an example of uh, fortitude, warrior type of, uh, that's how I see my God. That's how he expresses me and expects me to take it in the chin by thanking God and going forward 
and passing the message. Other people uh, see it this way. Uh, because it says, it goes on to say, when I am chosen to carry some small responsibility for my fellows, I ask that God, I ask that God grant me the patience, open-mindedness, and willingness to listen to those I would lead. Listen to those I would lead. I must remind myself that I am the trusted servant of others, not their governor, teacher, or instructor. God guides my words and my actions, and my responsibility is to heed his suggestions. Trust in my watchword. I trust others who lead in the fellowship of AA. I entrust God with the ultimate authority of running the show. Amen. Beautiful. And now we're going to read Kenneth Copeland's. Now for my spiritual side, I'm going to be reading Kenneth Copeland's Faith to Faith in English. Get rid of the frogs. Now we read that yesterday. What is today's? Today is October 26th. Get rid of those beers in your life. Okay. Take Your Place by Kenny Copeland. It says, But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, has quickened us together with Christ and has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ. Jesus, Ephesians 2, 4 and 6, 4, 5 and 6. God has raised us up to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That's what the word of God says. Very few of us have actually dared to believe this. We uplifted Jesus, we exalted him, and rightly so, but at the same time, we unwittingly believed what he did by not allowing him to bring us alongside him. That was God's purpose at Calvary, to bring us alongside Jesus, to make us what he already was. You see, Jesus didn't need exalting. He was exalted before he ever came to this earth. He was already one with the Father. He didn't need to get authority over the devil. He never lost it. He put on a physical body so that he could come to earth as a man and gain authority over sin and sickness, demons, fear, poverty, and all the other curses that came when the law of death moved into the earth. And he did it. He succeeded. He mastered everything in the world of the intellect, everything in the physical world. Before he ascended, he said, All authority is given unto me, both in heaven and in the earth. Then he turned around and gave the authority to us by giving us his name. You and I are the reason Jesus came to the earth and died and lived again. He didn't do it for himself. He did it so he could bring us alongside, so we could wear his name and wield his authority on the earth. He did it so that we could stand before God and be everything to him that Jesus is. When you were born again, you were made the righteousness of God in Christ. So as a born-again believer, dare to receive this message, 
to meditate on it and to act on it. Go ahead, dare to take your place. Wonderful, wonderful readings. All right, we're going to be reading uh, Proverbs 26. But before that, I'd like to read a couple of Psalms, starting with Psalm 146. It says, 146. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord, O my soul. While I live, I will praise the Lord. I will sing praises to my God as long as I live. Do not trust in princes and mortal man in whom there is no salvation, no help. When his spirit leaves him, he returns to the earth, and that very day his thoughts and plans perish. How blessed and graciously favored is he whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord his God, who made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, who keeps truth and is faithful forever who executes justice for the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets free the prisoners. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous, the upright in heart. The Lord protects the strangers. He supports the fatherless and the widow. He makes crooked the way of the wicked. The Lord shall reign forever. Your God, O Zion, to all generations. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Okay, now we move to Psalm 116. We're reading from the Amplified Bible. Thanksgiving for rescue from death. Thanksgiving for rescue from death. I love the Lord because He hears and continues to hear my voice and my supplication, my pleas, my cries, my specific needs. Because he has inclined his ear to me, therefore I will call on him as long as I live. The cords and sorrow of death encamped past me, and the terrors of Shiloh came upon me. I found distress and sorrow. Then I called on the name of the Lord. O Lord, please save my life. Gracious is the Lord and consistently righteous. Yes, our God is compassionate. The Lord protects the simple, childlike. I was brought low, humble, and discouraged, and he saved me. Return to your rest, O my soul, for the Lord has dealt bountifully with you. For you have rescued my life from death, my eyes from tears, and my feet from stumbling and falling. I will walk in submissive wonder before the Lord in the land of the living. I believe and clung to my God when I said, I am greatly afflicted. I said in my alarm, all men are liars. What will I give to the Lord in return for all his benefits towards me? How can I repay him for his precious blessings? I will lift up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord, yes, in the presence of all his people. Precious and of great consequences is the sight of the Lord is the death of his godly ones, so he watches over them. O Lord, truly I am your servant. I am your servant, the son of your handmaid. You have unfastened my chains. 
I will offer to you the sacrifice of thanksgiving. I will carry on the name of the Lord. I will call on the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord. Yes, in the presence of all his people, in the courts of the Lord's house temple, in the midst of you, O Jerusalem. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Now we go down to Proverbs 26 for our meditation for today. Talks about the foolish. Similitudes instructions. Similitudes. Number one. Like snow in summer and like rain in harvest, so honor is not fitting for a short-sighted fool. Like the sparrow in her wandering, like the swallow in her flying, so the curse without cause does not come and alight on the undeserving. A whip for the horse, a bridle for the donkey, and a rod for the backs of fools who refuse to learn. Do not answer nor pretend to agree with the frivolous comments of a close-minded fool according to his folly. Otherwise, even you will be like him. Answer and correct the erroneous concept of a fool accordingly to his folly. Otherwise, he'll be wise in his own eyes if he thinks you agree with him. He who sends the message by the hand of a fool cuts off his own feet, sabotages himself, and drinks the violence it brings on himself as consequences. Like the legs which are useless to the lame, so is a proverb in the mouth of a fool who cannot learn from its wisdom. Like one who absurdly binds a stone in a sling, making it impossible to throw, so is he who absurdly gives honor to a fool. Like a thorn that goes without being felt into the hand of a drunken man, so is a proverb in the mouth of a fool who remains unaffected by its wisdom. Like a careless archer who shoots arrows wildly and wounds everyone, so is he who hires a fool or those who by chance just pass by. Like a dog that returns to his vomit is a fool who repeats his foolishness. Do you see a man who is unteachable and wise in his own eyes and full of self-conceit? Unteachable. There is more hope for a fool than for him. The lazy person who is self-indulgent and relies on lame excuses says, There is a line in the road. A line is in the open square, and if I go outside to work, I will be killed. As the door turns on its hinges, so does the lazy person on his bed, never getting out of it. The lazy person bears his hand in the dish, losing opportunity after opportunity. It worries him to bring it back to his mouth. The lazy person is wiser in his own eyes than seven sensible men who can give a discreet answer. Like one who grabs a dog by the ears and is likely to be bitten, is he who, passing by, stops to meddle with a dispute that is none of his business. Like a madman who throws firebrands, arrows, and death, so is the man who deceives his neighbor, acquaintance, friend, and then says, was I not joking? For lack of wood, the fire goes out, and where there is no whisper, who gossips, contention quiets down. 
like charcoal to hot embers and wood to fire, so is a contentious man to kindle a strife. The words of a whisper gossip are like dainty morsels to be greedily eaten. They go down into the innermost chambers of the body to be remembered and mused upon. Like a common clay vessel covered with the silver dross, making it appear silver when it has no real value, are burning lips, murmuring, manipulating words, and a wicked heart. He who hastes disguises it, disguises it with his lips, but he stores up deceit in his heart. When he speaks graciously and kindly to conceal his malice, do not trust him, for seven abominations are in his heart. Though his hatred covers itself with guilt and deceit, his malevolence will be revealed openly before the assembly. Whoever digs a pit for another man's feet will fall into it, and he who rolls a stone up a hill to do mischief, it will come back on him. A lying tongue hates those it wounds and crushes, and a flattering mouth works ruin. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Hey, guys, thank you so much for coming in today and listening to this podcast. I appreciate you. Let's go ahead and finish this with the serenity prayer, please. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. Give them heaven, family. Remarkable things are happening because we are in recovery. Take care. Greetings, everyone. We're coming to you from beautiful Hawaii today, uh, October the uh, 26, 2021. The opportunity to be here, invited by our host, the Tillmans, and enjoying a beautiful uh, atmosphere of panoramic view of this ocean we have here. But we're going to be reading some scripture, so let's go ahead and open it with a moment of silence, followed by a small prayer. Lord, help us to experience you in a brand new way. Help us to experience ourselves, others, and our walk in this earth, Lord, in a fresh new way today, that we may rejoice and be glad all the days of our lives. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And here's Anna. Hello. Today I'm going to be reading the integrity of God's words, all the scriptures that pertain to this. So it's kind of exciting. <clears throat> Genesis 18:14 says, Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the appointed time I will return unto thee according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. Numbers 11:23. And the Lord said unto Moses, Is the Lord's hand waxed short? Thou shalt see now whether my word shall come to pass unto thee or not. Numbers 23, 19. God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said, and shall he not do it? Or has he spoken, and shall he not make it good? Deuteronomy 7, 9. Know therefore that the Lord thy God, he's God, the faithful God, which keepeth covenant and mercy with them that love him, and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. Joshua 21, 45. 
there failed not aught of any good thing which the Lord had spoken unto the house of Israel. All came to pass. Judges 2.1 And an angel of the Lord came up from Gilgad to Bochim and said, I made you to go up out of Egypt and have brought you unto the land which I swear unto your fathers and I said I will never break my covenant with you. 1 Kings 8.56 Blessed be the Lord that hath given us rest unto his people. Israel according to all that he promised. There hath not failed one word of all his good promise, which he promised by the hand of Moses his servant. Psalms 33, 4, 9. For the word of the Lord is right, and all his works are done in truth. For he spake, and it was done. He commanded, and it stood fast. Psalms 33, 11. The counsel of the Lord standeth forever. The thoughts of his heart to all generations. Psalm 89, 34. My covenant will I not break nor alter the thing that has gone out of my lips. Powerful. Psalms 93, 5. Thy testimonies are very sure. Holiness becometh thine house, O Lord, forever. Psalms 105. For the Lord is good and his mercy is everlasting and his truth endureth to all generations. Psalms 105, 8. He hath commanded, no, he hath remembered his covenant forever, the word which he commanded to a thousand generations. Psalms 105.19, until the time that his word came, the word of the Lord tried him. Psalms 111.5, he hath given meat unto them that fear him. He will ever be mindful of his covenant. Psalms 111, 7 to 8. The works of his hands are verity and judgment. All of his commandments are sure. They stand fast forever and ever and are done in truth and uprightness. Psalms 119, 89 to 90 says, Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Thy faithfulness is unto all generations. Thou hast established the earth and it abideth. Psalms 119.38, thy testimonies that thou hast commanded are righteous and faithful. Psalms 119.160, thy word is true from the beginning and every one of thy righteous judgments endureth forever. Isaiah 14.24, the Lord of hosts hath sworn, saying, surely as I have thought, so it shall come to pass, and as I have purposed, so shall it stand. Isaiah 25, 1, O Lord, thou art my God, I will exalt thee, I will praise thy name, for thou hast done wonderful things. Thy counsels of old are faithfulness and truth. Isaiah 49, uh, 46, 9 to 11, remember the former things of old, for I am God, and there is none else. I am God, and there is none like me. Declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times the things that are not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. Calling a ravenous bird from the east, the man that ex executed my counsel from a far country. Yeah, I have spoken it. I will also bring it to pass. I have purposed it. I will also do it. Isaiah 55 10 
to 11. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that go forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. Jeremiah 112, then the Lord, then said the Lord unto me, thou hast well seen, for I will hasten my word to perform it. Amen. Jeremiah 32, 17, ah, Lord God, behold, thou hast made the heaven and the earth by thy great power and stretched out arm and there is nothing too hard for thee. Whoa. Amen. Jeremiah 32, 27, behold, I'm the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? Matthew 5:18. For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law, till it all be fulfilled. Matthew 19:26. But Jesus beheld them and said unto them, With men this is possible, impossible, but with God all things are possible. Matthew 24, 35, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. Mark 9, 23, Jesus said unto him, if thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believe. Luke 1, 37, for with God nothing shall be impossible. Luke 16, 17, and it's easier for heaven and earth to pass than for one tittle of the law to fail. John 17, 17, sanctify them through thy truth, thy word is truth. Romans 3, 3, 4, for what if some did not believe? Shall their unbelief make the faith of God without effect? God forbid, yeah, let God be true, but every man a liar, as it's written, that thou mightest be justified in thy sayings, and mightest overcome when thou art judged. Romans 4.16 says, Therefore it is of faith that it might be by grace to the end of the promise, might be sure to all the seed, not to that only which is of the law, but to that also which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. 2 Corinthians 1.20 For all of the promises of God in him are yea, and in him amen, unto the glory of God by us awesome galatians 3 29 and if ye be christ then ye are abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise romans 2 11, for there is no respect of persons with god titus 1 2 in hope of eternal life which god that cannot lie promised before before the world began hebrews 6 17 to 18 wherein god willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel confirmed it by an oath that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie. We might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us. James 1.17, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights who, with whom is no variableness neither shadow of turning 
First Peter 1.25, but the word of the Lord, Lord endureth forever, and this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. Second Peter 1.4, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that's in the world through lust. 2 Peter 3.9, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but it is long-suffering to us, to us word, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Amen. Wow. Thank you. Beautiful word of God. Get it in our hearts. Great. Love it. Yes, that was Thank awesome. Thank you very much. Whew. In the impossible, to believe that someone can change someone you talk to, you can plant a seed, and it can be fruition and change just by being you and having fun out there. <clears throat> God is a good God. He doesn't make things too hard for us. We make things hard for ourselves in conditions and regulations and so forth. So let's go ahead and thank God. <laughs> you say, this guy's way out there, huh? Thank you, God, for my life just the way it is. Thank you, God, for today's reading. Help us, Lord God, zero in on what you would have us to do. <clears throat> Thank you for our voices, our eyes, our ears. Let us use them appropriately to your word, Lord, that we may be successful all the days of our life. We pray to, for the listeners that they will have success and prosperity and health, Lord, because that's your will, Father. As a father, you want pleasant pleasantness. You want to be pleased with us, Lord. And we ask you to bless the people that they be pleasing to you and taking care of themselves and enjoying life. In Jesus' name, amen. Reading today, Genesis chapter 3 to chapter 426 for January the 2nd. And I have Anna here with me. She'll be reading the second half. Here we go. The serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. One day he asked the woman, Did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? Of course we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat. God said you must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. You won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be open as soon as you eat it and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. The woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. Then she gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it too. At the moment, their eyes were open, and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. So they sold seeds, fig, leaves together to cover themselves. When the cool of the evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden. So they hid from the Lord God among the trees. Then the Lord God called them to the man. Where are you? He replied, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. 
Who told you you were naked? The Lord God asked. Have you eaten from the tree whose fruit I command you not to eat? The man replied, It was the woman you gave me who gave me the fruit, and I ate it. Then the Lord God asked the woman, What have you done? The serpent deceived me, she replied. That's why I ate it. Then the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, you are cursed more than all the animals, domestic and wild. You will crawl on your belly, groveling in the dust as long as you live. And I will cause hostility between you and the women and between your offsprings and her offsprings. I will strike your head and you will strike his heel. Then he said to the woman, I will sharpen the pain of your pregnancy and in pain you will give birth and you will desire to control your husband, but he will rule over you. And so the man said, Since you listened to your wife and ate from the tree, whose fruit I commanded you not to eat, the ground is cursed because of you. All your life you will struggle to scratch a living from it. It will grow thorns and twistles for you, though you will eat of its grains. By the sweat of your brow you will have food to eat until you return to the ground from which you were made. For you were made from dust, and to dust you will return. Then the man Adam named his wife Eve because she would be the mother of all life. And the Lord God made clothing from animal skins for Adam and his wife. Then the Lord God said, Look, the human beings have become like us, knowing both good and evil. What if they reach out, take fruit from the tree of life, and eat it? Then they will live forever. So the Lord God banished them from the Garden of Eden, and he sent Adam to out to cultivate the ground from which he had been made. After sending them out, the Lord God stationed mighty cherubim to the east of the Garden of Eden, and he placed a flaming sword that flashed back and forth to guard the way of the tree of life. Chapter 4, verse 1. Now Adam had sexual relationship with his wife Eve, and she became pregnant when she gave birth to Cain. She said, With the Lord's help, I have produced a man. Later she gave birth to his brother and named him Abel. When they grew up, Abel became a shepherd while Cain cultivated the ground. When it was time for the harvest, Cain presented some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. Abel also brought a gift, the best of the firstborn land from his flock. The Lord accepted Abel and his gift, but he did not accept Cain and his gift. This made Cain very angry and he looked dejected. Why are you so angry? The Lord asked Cain, Why do you look so dejected? You will be accepted if you do what is right. But if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. Sin is crouching at the door, eager to control you. But you must subdue it and be its master. One day Cain suggested to his brother, Let's go out into the fields. And while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. Afterwards, the Lord asked Cain, Where is your brother? Where is Abel? <clears throat> I don't know, Cain responded. Am I my brother's guardian? But the Lord said, What have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Now you are cursed and banished from the ground, which has swallowed your brother's blood. 
flood. No longer will the ground yield good crops for you, no matter how hard you work. From now on, you will be a homeless wanderer in the earth. Cain replied to the Lord, My punishment is too great for me to bear. You have banished me from the land, and from your presence you have made me homeless wanderer. Anyone who finds me will kill me. The Lord replied, No, for I will give you a sevenfold punishment. For I will give a sevenfold punishment to anyone who kills you. Then the Lord put a mark on Cain to warn anyone who might try to kill him. So Cain left the presence, the Lord's presence, and settled in the land of Nod, east of Eden. Cain had sexual relationship with his wife, and she became pregnant and gave birth to Enoch. Then Cain found a city which he named Enoch after his son. Enoch had a son named Irod. Irod became the father of Mehuhael. Mehuhael became the father of Methuselah, Methushael. Methushael became the father of Lamech. Lamech married two women. The first was named Ada, and the second was Zillah. Ada gave birth to Jabal, who was the first of those who raised livestock and lived in tents. His brother was named Jubal, the first of all who played the harp and flute. Lamech's other wife, Zillah, gave birth to a son named Tubal Cain. He became an expert in forging tools of bronze and iron. Tubal Cain had a sister named Naamah. One day Lamech said to his wives, Ada and Zillah, Hear my voice, listen to me, you wives of Lamech. I have killed a man who attacked me, a young man who wounded me. If someone who kills Cain is punished seven times, then the one who kills me will be punished seventy-seven times. Adam had sexual relations with his wife again, and she gave birth to another son. She named him Seth, for she said, God has granted me another son in place of Abel, whom Cain killed. When Seth grew up, he had a son and named him Enosh. At that time, people first began to worship the Lord by name. Wow. Genesis describes a human moral innocence collapse through rebellion. What God declared as very good was no longer completely so. Men and women ate the fruit that promised knowledge of good and evil and thus broke God's command. Worse, they try to become like God and thus fell from their sinless state. Alienated from God, one another, and creation, they also became subject to death. The term original sin denotes sin's complete universal infiltration into individual life and human society as a result of human rebellion. Note, I want to take you to this place where I see a lot of rebellion is uh, where he says... He says, sin is knocking at your door and it's crouching and waiting to spring on you. He says, but if you refuse, he says, but if you refuse to do what is right, so we need to, to, that's where vulnerability, giving the benefit of the doubt, relaxing, that is more worthy to keep the peace than to rebel against somebody, try to teach them a lesson. That person may never learn. When you're rebelling against people, it's like rebelling against a tree. You ain't going to get anything across. Um, being the first one to make the peace is what 
we won't be in the danger of uh, of sin taking over us or rebellion. Right here. Why are you so angry, the Lord asked Cain. Why do you look so dejected? Yes. You will be accepted wow. if you do what is right. Powerful. Okay. I All my life I want to be accepted by the Father God. I didn't know how to be accepted. And I would rebel and get mad because I didn't know how to get... All I wanted was to be at peace with my Father in Heaven. And the 12-step program showed me to slow down and to do that. But if you refuse to do what is right, I keep... Then watch out. Sin is crouching at the door, eager to control you. See? Sin is yeah. eager to control us. But yeah. you must subdue it and... You must subdue it and be its master. Now, how do you subdue it that when sin is already infiltrated? We have all things are possible with God. You subdue it this way. I thank you, God, that I'm sinning. I thank you, God, that I'm a sinner. I thank you, God. When you do that, you're at you're calling for the higher powers, the God of the creation. You're actually allowing God to access your your makeup, your innermost being, your soul and your spirit. And go in there and separate the two. And get that control issue out of your life by admitting. He says, first agree with the advisor, with the adversary. You're agreeing with it. Now you're saying you're thankful that you're being controlled by sin. What is that? See, the devil tells you that's the stupidest thing you can ever heard of. But God is telling you that you praise me for all things. I am God and there is no other. Look to me and be saved while you enter the world. That's why we look to the word of God and we're saved. Look to me. He's inside his word. And then we get strength. We thank God for our bad habits and our good. And eventually, you push those bad habits out of your way because God is good. You're calling on good. Anyway, I'm, be, I'm going overboard. I'll rest my case for a minute. <laughs> um, let's go back and just reiterate. There, that is scriptural, um, because if you go to First Thessalonians five, sixteen to eighteen, then you will see there that it says that um, that you should pray and and be in thanksgiving, be thankful for all things. I'm paraphrasing. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for your life. Okay, so what Fernando said, how do you control that sin? Well, you know, um, if by thanking God for a bad situation, many people can't grasp that. They're like, what? Thank God because it's bad? Yes. Why? You're acknowledging that you can't handle the problem for one. Number two, there's power in releasing the problem to God because guess what? He's all powerful and has great solutions he'll dispatch the angels to come on site to help orchestrate a solution for you and we're not solving it on our own strength we are putting it at the throne of heaven and you know that god is seated at the throne he, nothing escapes him of what you're going through every detail he knows about you so that's why we thank him for all things it's so easy fernando to thank people when we are things going good i got money in the account I'm getting along with people, I have a good job, I have a nice car, all the things that, you know, the blessings of God that, that come. But is it easy to thank God when you're 
when you're having a difficulty in a relationship in a family, when you see your uh, sister or your 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 brother addicted to alcohol, and you know they're cussing you out, <laughs> you know, yeah, is it cussing you out? Yeah. Is it easy? No, it's not. It's Wait. it's because your flesh want to say uh, fire back. I learned that very early. It's like I would, the enemy would en engage me in back and forth with this spirit of alcohol, and I finally learned. No, I'm not going to respond anymore, and I'm going to forgive. I'm going to choose to forgive because I could be angry all my life over this. So anger in general. That is not good for our it's bodies. It's a trick from the enemy. Yes, now. exactly. Wants you to respond hmm. and join them. Right, and fight, and and sometimes you just gotta put a little plug in your mouth and not not speak anything bad. But the uh, the answer to is to be thankful for how they are, just the way they are, because I can't change them. No one can change them. God can change hearts. And that's why we put the people and say, thank you, God, for so-and-so just the way they are. And you allow it to go into his hands so that he can He can fix it. You know, then then it takes it off of you. And you, you know, we have to let go of resentments. We have to let go of anger. And we have to forgive people. It's just what we got to do to stay healthy. A healthy spirit, a healthy body. And doing the right thing. And it's it. I have to say that I wish I would have known this years back. Years back, I would wish I would have known somebody, somebody would have taught me this particular um, concept. Not a concept, but a, a principle that God has given us. Hey, it's easy, but you know, sometimes we just don't know what to say. We're, we're hurting. I understand that. So we, we say, you know... Uh, thank you, God, for my emotions that, that I'm feeling. You start with thanking them about how what you're going through. You know, I thank you that I have that. I repent from that thought. Or you say, thank you, God, that, you know, um, for them just the way they are. You just start start with a little thank you. Little by little. And it doesn't have to be such a big event. But try it with just little things. You lost your keys. Oh, thank you, God, I lost my keys. You keep thanking them. And you and you will see his power come in, and and the Holy Spirit will guide you to where those keys are. We've done it many, many times here in this household, and it works. It works by thanking God for for the situations that make us feel, you know, helpless at times. So you know, we must train ourselves to say, God, you're powerful. You you're a deliverer. You're a healer. You're um, a restorer. You are my shepherd. You, you, we're putting it out there because God is all these things, the word says. And that's how we do it. And it's it's a really hard concept. But practice it daily and you will see miracles. Um, one of the things that caught me at the very beginning after reading this um, is the beginning. It says, the serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals, the God the Lord God had made, okay? So notice how the serpent came to tempt Eve and say, did God really say that you shouldn't touch that tree or eat from it um, in the garden? Um, and she said, of course, we may eat from the trees of the garden, the woman replied. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle that we can't, okay? So then... And she explains to him, well, God 
God said that I will die if we eat or touch it, okay? And what does a serpent come back with? You won't die. Your eyes are going to be open, okay? As soon as you eat it, you'll be like God, knowing both good and evil. So he's saying you're going to have all this wisdom. Go, you know, if you eat from there, you know, uh, you won't die. Where does that come from? Right now in today's, in today's days, um, the enemy comes in. I mean, we don't see a serpent coming in our house telling us those things. What we get is we get thoughts that are planted in our, in our, in our mind. So uh, we have to be really careful because he's really, really subtle, um, especially when it comes to your identity and who you are. You know, um, he could have you start comparing yourself to others and start making you feel like you don't have worth. And he, he does it very subtly. So you have to be very careful to turn those thoughts around. And you say, well, what does God say about me? He says, I'm a child of God. I'm royalty. I'm a princess. He's given me all things that pertain to life and godliness. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You got you to gotta turn those thoughts around. And, and when the enemy comes and says, oh, it's okay. You can have one drink. I know you've been sober for, for you know, for, for 12 years. You can have that drink. It's not going to hurt you. You don't have a problem. You know, those are the things. He comes in to tempt you to go in the direction of sin. So be real careful what thoughts you're allowing. You know, if we don't allow the thoughts to come and set in, then guess what? You're going to turn it around with the word of God. Take a scripture. Find a scripture. You know, um, you get a bad report from the doctor and then all of a sudden these thoughts coming in, you know, that you're going to die and all these things. That's the enemy coming, planting the lies. That's, amen. That's because we have too much TV on us and not enough reading Word scripture. God. Yeah. You know, if you have enough scripture, it will come up and block that fear. It will block that. Hey, wait a minute. When the Word of God says all things are possible, I'm going to thank and praise God for this situation and learn to turn over. We were in a study last night and that was the topic. Let go and let God. And... You got to just keep <clears throat> saying, keep on trying, <clears throat> keep on seeking, keep on knocking, learning how to turn those things over. Uh, you know, we, we, the anger and lust, you know, we can talk a lot about things and philosophize about the snake and the, this and that. We don't have that much time, guys. For me, <clears throat> the anger and the lust and the things that are, are, are pertinent for us to live is is not to be controlled by these. If you're being yeah. controlled about these things, just start thanking God that you're controlled, and that's a way of saying you conquered it. That's a way of rejoicing and act. We're actually acting in faith that we have the victory because we believe that there's a God that can do all things as possible, and you commit to it. You don't just thank God for two, three days and say, "See, it didn't work." Right. It's the same thing. Other preachers say it. I am the righteous of God in Christ Jesus while you're looking at that pornography, while you're going through the actions, while you're drinking that beer, while you're, you're, you're spilling venom out of your mouth and cussing with somebody. You, get, right. you say, I thank God I did that. Act like it's a good thing. And little by little, you're injecting good, the word of God. You're injecting your choice to praise the most high God he will come in and his mercy little by little will start showering you with grace Amen. and strength to be disciplined 
to conquer it. We're going to move on a little yes. quicker and stuff. I just wanted to say on Matthew 7, 7, it says, Judge not, or you shall be judged. Or, or is it Matthew 7, 1? Uh, stop judging others, and you will not be judged, for others will treat you as you treat them. That's what Anna was saying. Is someone has to take the initiative, and since we're, we know God, we know Jesus, we know Christ, as soon as we take the initiative, for others will treat you as you treat them. Whatever measure you use in judging others, it will be used to measure how you are judged. And why worry about your, your friends drinking or their stuff when we have anger and lust hiding in our hearts? First, let's fix ourselves up by thanking God that we have a problem. Okay? That's, it screws the devil's theology when you do that. And they go, hey, the devil says, you can't thank God for an evil thing. I said, why not? All things are possible. This is how we access God by taking control or giving our willpower over to God. We're giving our, our, our willpower over to God instead of the lust or the drink or the anger or the rage. It works, folks. It really does. What do you have to lose other than your pride? What do you have to lose if you start doing that other than your theology or the way you see God should be? Well, then the God can't do that. That's what my usually reply I get. God isn't like that. I say, really? You know how God acts, huh? <laughs> God says, I can do anything, I can go anywhere, I can accomplish anything. Look to me and be saved, all you ends of the world, for I am God and there is no other. Isaiah 45, verse 22 or something like that. All right, Anna be reading the... Okay, the book of Matthew, I just want to clarify, um, on our last session, Genesis 1 that we read, uh, that's posted... Um, I mentioned. Well, I started to read Matthew, and it started to talk about the dream that um, God gave to to Joseph. And so, I just want to say that um, I said that that was the first mention, and it isn't. That's the new. That's the New Testament. It's actually in the Old Testament of a first mention of a dream. So, the Holy Spirit brought that up, and I just wanted to clarify that. that where? At? Where? At? It's in. It's in Genesis, probably when uh, Jacob had the dream. Well, that's where we're, yeah. we haven't got to cut ahead of that. No, but when I read Matthew the other day, I talked about it. It was like, oh, the dreams and the first mention, blah, blah, blah. Anyway. Oh, there you go, folks. Now you know what I have to deal with. <laughs> I have to be correct. Thank <laughs> God for my wife, just the way she is. Okay. But, you know, she does bring a good point. God will teach us in dreams and visions. Yes. And so you always want to be sharp on that. Thank you. Amen. Matthew 2. 13-3-6. Well, there you are. You're going to read it. Huh? Yes. After the wise men were gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up. Flee to Egypt with the child and his mother, the angel said. Stay there until I tell you to return because Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. That night, Joseph left for Egypt with the child and Mary and his mother. And they stayed there until Herod's death. This fulfilled what the Lord had spoken through the prophet, I called my son out of Egypt. Herod was furious when he realized that the wise men had outwitted him. He sent soldiers to kill all the boys in and around Bethlehem who were two years old and under, based on the wise men's report of the star's first appearance. Herod's brutal action fulfilled what God had spoken through the prophet Jeremiah. A cry was heard in Ramah, 
Weeping and great mourning. Rachel weeps for her children, refusing to be comforted, for they are dead. When Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt. Get up, the angel said. Take the child and his mother back to the land of Israel because those who were trying to kill the child are dead. So Joseph got up and returned to the land of Israel with Jesus and his mother. But when he learned that the new ruler of Judea was Herod's son, Archelaus, he was afraid to go there. Then after being warned in a dream, he left for a region of Galilee. So the family went and lived in a town called Nazareth. This fulfilled what the prophets had said, he will be called a Nazarene. In those days, John the Baptist came to the Judean wilderness and began preaching. His message was, repent of your sins and turn to God. For the kingdom of heaven is near. The prophet Isaiah was speaking about John when he said, he is a voice shouting in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord's coming. Clear the road for him. John's clothes were woven from coarse camel hair. He wore a leather belt around his waist. For food he ate locusts and wild honey. People from Jerusalem and from all of Judea and all over the Jordan Valley went out to see and hear John. And when they confessed their sins, he baptized them in the Jordan River. Amen. Powerful. place it's wonderful to see how anna has said about the dreams so and one thing about us men uh be faithful like joseph take care of the family work yes. hard you know yes. uh we're gonna we're gonna be given in christmas time a pair of socks and we have to buy them so the little boy there can't be no little boy or little uh poor me and competing with the raising of a family, you know, we had our time with our parents. And if we didn't have it, uh, tough luck. Uh, dedicated, being of service to the public, being of service to the family is what men's roles are. A man always has money in his pocket. A man doesn't go to the welfare department. He goes out there and works for it. That's what I was taught. And it's such a good feeling that to buy your own, treat your family. And what a satisfaction. God says that's the highest blessing and satisfaction a man will get is when you see all your brew around you and you're feeding them out of your own hard work and raising them. I, I believe where people go wrong with the kids is where they, they cut God off and they enjoy all the, all the things he created and don't say, thank you, God, for my hiccups. Thank you, God, that... Um, or, you know, or read his word and don't have enough of his word in the system to combat life and situations or kids. You know, children need to be disciplined. As the Bible says, that stupidity is wrapped around the heart's child, foolishness. And a rod will get it out, a little stick. You get them on the legs, say, take the trash, do your homework, beat them again when they get home, take the trash out, beat Beat them again. You won't not get a second chance when they're teens. You're not gonna. You you have let them run around and boss you around. You make them do their chores and teach them how to earn money by nine years old. 
from six to nine, that's your chance that you need to. And if the if the wife uh, uh, objects, that's a lot of us are mother love. We've got too much thinking that love is going to do it. Love without discipline is is people kill you. They'll turn around and kill you. They need roughage to be built up. Men need roughage, guys, on little girls. We need discipline as children. Talking from a guy that didn't get discipline. I had to get punched in the nose out in the streets. I did not have any discipline. I grew up with no discipline. No love. We didn't even have love. We had we were wild. Our grandma says those children are wild. They're raising up with no love. She came to visit us. And here we are. Wild as can be. <laughs> okay. Sorry, babe. Yeah, that's okay. But uh, one of the things I, I loved about Joseph in reading this was that how obedient he was when he did get a dream. You know, he was warned, get out. I mean, that's like you said, he's protecting his family. So he, Joseph, obviously knew the Holy Spirit, you know, or he knew God because inside of himself already, um, because he he listened okay what you know what if he would have said oh well i don't believe in dreams uh-huh. okay all right we'd be in a different place right now so i was just giving thanks for joseph's obedience you know he the spirit of god was inside of him and he 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 adhered to what you know he took heed to the word and obeyed um when he was given um those dreams uh, and I also like the way it talks about how some of these things are fulfilling the prophet, the prophetic that the prophets had spoken earlier. You know, and here it says, uh, when Joseph left for Egypt, um, they stayed there until Herod's death and said, this fulfilled what the Lord had spoken through the prophet. I called my son out of Egypt. Powerful, powerful prophetic um, prophets that had spoken I, I love that um so anyway um i think that's that's good and we then we get john the baptist coming in and saying you know that the kingdom of god is near repent of your sins and he was preparing the way of the lord and that's where we're headed next amen i just want to say the last verse in verse six and when they confess their sins he baptized them in the jordan river amen when I say, I thank you, God, that I'm sinning in lust, I'm confessing my sin, and then I am being baptized spiritually with what? Wisdom, peace, uh, sanctification. I have gone to the right source in righteousness when I thank God for a problem. I switched over to the other kingdom, to a spiritual kingdom. And if you keep doing it, you're going to get baptized, permanently sanctified, <laughs> and restored, we've been restored to our natural state. We're being restored. And it's a beautiful thing that all of a sudden, all these problems, all these bad habits, all this sin, it can, can become a treasure throw. Kind of hard to believe, huh? All things are possible, guys. Get excited. I tell you guys, get your, your blessing machine gun on, excuse me, or your blessing machine gun uh, voice, and start uh, talking to all your your situation. I thank God for you. I thank God for that. I thank God. And you'd be surprised how they'll back off and fall 
and you'll be baptized with goodness and mercy and kindness and love and sufficiency and adventure and peace and laughter and shame will, will go away. You got a problem with shame? Thank God you got a problem with shame. The lesson, you're going to be able to tell others about it. So it becomes a lesson. Everything becomes a lesson for, for us to help others. All right, I'll, I'll stop drinking coffee and I'll keep my day job. He will be called a Nazarene. If you haven't seen The Chosen, it'll touch your heart, The Chosen. Please make it a... Thank God you haven't seen The Chosen. <laughs> Anna? Okay, so Psalm 2, verses 1 to 12. Why are the nations so angry? Why do they waste their time with futile plans? The, king, the kings of the earth prepare for battle. The rulers plot together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Let us break their chains, they cry, and free ourselves from slavery to God. But the one who rules in heaven laughs. The Lord scoffs at them. Then in anger he rebukes them, terrifying them with his fierce fury. For the Lord declares, I have placed my chosen king on the throne in Jerusalem on my holy mountain. The king proclaims the Lord's decree. The Lord said to me, you're my son. Today I've become your father. Only ask and I will give you the nations as your inheritance. The whole earth as your possession. You will break them with an iron rod and smash them like clay pots. Now then, you kings, act wisely. Be warned, your rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with reverent fear and rejoice with trembling. Submit to God's royal son or he will become angry. And you will be destroyed in the midst of all your activities. For his anger flares up in an instant. But what joy... For all who take refuge in him. Amen. And Proverbs 1, 7-9. Fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and discipline. My child, listen when your father corrects you. Don't neglect your mother's instruction. What you learn from them will crown you with grace. And be a chain of honor around your neck. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. It's the easier, softer way, folks, to thank God for your situations. And if you don't think that's scriptural or theological, let me ask you this. How's it working for you now? Of course, if you have a good system and it's working in your life, I certainly wouldn't ask you to change it, right? If you have peace with your Father in Heaven and you control all these uh, dynamic issues that are coming to a human being and you're able to put them under subjection through the Word of God, you're fine. But those of us who are, are wild and crazy and are out there and not living a purposeful life, or if you're bored, lonely, frustrated, even sick, poverty, just start thanking God that you're in those situations so you can see a marvelous God work. 
And then you say, well, it's not working for Nando. Well, you, the, the, the idea is you're, you're not dedicated enough. You, you're not sold on the idea. You're giving it lip service. We've been doing, anyway, I thank God for you just the way you are. Well, got to go. Here comes the uh, gardeners. They're the boss here. They'll start to, hey, by the way, I pray for gardeners. I had gardeners now for going 10 years. God gave me free garden. Isn't that beautiful? Uh, you got a couple of minutes. I'm done. Heavenly Father, we thank you for today's word. Thank you for subjecting us under the word of God. And we say yes and amen, Lord. Be it unto us according to your riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Father, for keeping us safe in Jesus' name. Amen.